It's Panthers at Bears on Thursday night football. Can a wounded Panthers team go on the road in Chicago and get a win? We'll talk about it here on this Locked On Crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Crossover Thursday Locked On Bears, Locked On Panthers podcast. I'm Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears alongside Julian Council from Locked On Panthers getting ready for this fun Thursday night matchup between two of the top teams in the NFL, two powerhouses going head to head <laughs> in prime time. Our Crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use our promo code Locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Julian, I imagine for you, some of the big storylines coming to this game is, is around the injury report. It seems like the Panthers are pretty decimated right now. And honestly, the Chicago Bears are as healthy as they've been all season. Yeah, it's not great, uh, Lauren. It's been a problem uh, all season long as far as Carolina Panthers and the injury report. They've had guys like J.C. Horn, who's been out since the second quarter of week one game against the Falcons with a hamstring injury. Not quite sure when he's going to return. Shaq Thompson, they're little in the middle at linebacker. He's out for the rest of the season with a broken leg. And now Brian Burns, who's been their best defensive player this season and their best player the last couple of years. Really, really, he's the best player in the roster right now after trading weight. DJ Moore is now there in Chicago and Chris McCaffrey. He's going to miss the game because he's in concussion protocol. Frank Wright came out on Monday and just let us know that, hey, he's not going to play. It's way too soon for him to play. Even if he was able to get out of protocol, he said he unlikely would even play him in the first place. Uh, CJ Henderson, who's been starting at one of the corner spots while JC Horn's been out. He's also in concussion protocol, so he's not going to play. LaVishka Chenault's going to miss his third game in a row with an ankle injury after he got rolled up on in Miami right before the bye. Stephon Sullivan, who's the Panthers' like fourth or fifth tight end, who started the season on IR, is going to be out with a shoulder. So that means that the Panthers are going to have to go out there and play guys like Jordan Matthews. You remember him? He used to play as a wide receiver in Philadelphia and other stops. He's now a tight end here in Carolina because he's oh. going to have to play now after being signed earlier this week. They're going to have to play a guy in DiCaprio Boodle, who actually was pretty good this last weekend against the Colts. He's going to be probably one of their starting corners. Alex Coker, they signed off with the Giants practice squad about two weeks ago. He's going to be probably back out there at safety unless Von Bell or Xavier Woods, one of those other one of those guys are healthy because right now both of them are questionable. Bell with quad, Woods with thigh. So interesting to see what happens there. You know, it burns out. Marquis Haynes, he's one of 13 players currently on IR, but he has been designated to return and he's currently questionable going to the game on Thursday night. So it's possible that he plays. If he doesn't, we're probably looking at DJ Johnson, a third round rookie, and Eku Leota, who is an undrafted free agent out of Auburn as you're starting outside linebackers for the Panthers on Thursday night against the Bears. So, yeah, the injury report, it ain't great, man. It's been a season-long issue, and it's only getting worse as we enter into this Week 10 matchup. Yeah, I I mean this in the most respectful way possible, but, like, with all these injuries, like, as the roster that's going to take the field on Thursday, where would you point to a strength uh, on the Panthers team? (laughs) Oh, man. If the safeties are good to go, then I guess safety would be a strength if you get Von Bell and Xavier Woods back. And the Panthers haven't had those two guys healthy on the field together since week three in Seattle when Woods went down with a hamstring, they missed three straight games. And now 
Bell's missed the last three games. Maybe he's going to play on Thursday. Like that would be the strength if those two guys are healthy. Because you look at the rest of the position group, like DJ Chark at wide receiver hasn't been great anyways. He's doubtful, so I wouldn't expect him to play. And outside of Adam Thielen, there hasn't been a ton of production at the wide receiver unit. And one of the reasons why Panther fans wish DJ Moore still here in Carolina. A tight end, you have three of your five tight ends um, on IR, and you're asking a former wide receiver who has not played a snap in the NFL this year to play tight end for you on Thursday night. So, yeah, I think the strength of the team would then be safety if you get Von Bell and Xavier Woods back out there. Maybe the kicker, Eddie Pinheiro, who y'all are familiar with, yeah. he's been pretty good in Carolina. It might be the kickers, Eddie Pinheiro and Johnny Hecker. That act, you know what? That's the strength of the team. That's how banged up this team is and how poor they've played so far uh, this season, Lauren. Oh, and yet, despite all of that, the, somehow the Bears are only about three-point favorites on FanDuel right now. Like, that gives you the, a sense of where the Chicago Bears are coming into this game, a team that no one trusts in the betting market, and, and for good reason. I mean, right, they've won two games this season and and only won three games last season and are still starting an, an undrafted rookie quarterback with Justin Fields listed officially as doubtful, but he, he's not going to play. As much as Bears fans were, were really wringing their hands today because – the head coach can't communicate clearly whether a player is going to be out or possibly still. Yeah, what was what? What is that? Because I saw that he's. They say Tyson Bateman's going to start, but Justin is doubtful. Okay, well, if Justin Fields is available to play, you would think he would play considering how important the season is for Justin Fields in Chicago, and that you wouldn't roll out Bateman after a three pick day. Unless Bears fans still, I don't know if Bear fans ever believe this, but I know there's a whole week long uh, lead up to that Thursday night or that Sunday night football game that Tyson Bajan was going to be the next one, the savior in Chicago. And Chris Collinsworth talked about it all night long. Had to turn that game on mute, man. I don't know how y'all made it through that week. There was a lot of there was a lot of upset people about that broadcast. <laughs> yeah, the, the the quarter any whispers of a quarterback controversy in Chicago ended in this last game against the Saints because Bajent threw two interceptions in the fourth quarter and also fumbled in the fourth quarter and finished the game Sick. with four total turnovers from him, five as a team. DJ Moore actually fumbled in that game, which was a, a really big surprise. So they couldn't stop turning the ball over, and I think that was kind of the point where it was like, okay, Bajent Bajent's good. Like there's something there. He can be a, a high end backup for you with some upside for sure, but like. The, the campaign for him to maybe be a starter kind of slowed down quite a bit at, at that point. But in terms of the Justin Fields situation, head coach comes out, starts the press conference and says, Justin Fields has not been medically cleared to play yet, so Tyson Bajan's going to start against the Panthers. So then one of the media members says, okay, so Justin Fields is out for this game? And he said yes. And he goes, okay, so why is he listed as doubtful on the injury report? And the head coach said, well, you know, he's still working through stuff and he's going to do some warm-ups in the pregame and see how things go. And so... So is there a chance he could play on, on Thursday? Well, no, he's not medically cleared yet. He can't play until he's been medically cleared. Like if, He's just going back and forth on, well, he's doubtful, but he, and he's not going to play, but they're still going to keep trying to maybe play him, but he's he's not going to play. Like we can, we can lay that to rest. The head coach is not very good at clearly communicating what's happening with his team, which is just sort of the surface of all the other. You're, you're telling me the same guy who for three minutes took straight questions about Chase Claypool and whether he would ever play for the Bears again, and he wouldn't really give an answer. You tell me that guy can't uh, communicate clearly. <laughs> yeah, the same guy who's now lost his defensive coordinator and running backs coach to HR issues this season. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where this Chicago Bears team right now. Like that's kind of the storyline of the Bears, right? It's like this team is a mess, and they have got like talented players on the roster at different spots and stuff, but they just can't like form to be a 
consistent football team. And that's why, again, they're only like three point favorites against a Panthers team that has half of a starting lineup and even fully healthy had some question marks about how good they're going to be. So the matchups in this game are going to be maybe different now than we would have initiated. We would have thought on paper a couple weeks ago with injuries coming through, but we'll kind of go through how these two teams are going to go head to head and the matchups that are going to decide this game. As we continue our crossover Thursday, locked on Panthers, locked on bears here on the locked on podcast network. Our Crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Whether you're in Carolina or Chicago or anywhere across the country listening in, DoorDash is going to be a great way to get food delivered right to your door, whether it's groceries, which is a super handy way to get groceries brought in. You're going to have to go to go to grocery store right before kickoff on game day and deal with the zoo there and get your groceries brought right to your door. Kickoff, halftime, after the game, you name it, DoorDash will bring them by. But it's also a great way to patronize local restaurants in your community. Certainly, getting deep dish pizza delivered right to your door in Chicago, whether it's Rosati's or Luminati's, you name it. They're all on DoorDash, and I'm sure you can find local favorites in your area too. And with our partnership here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, we're going to save you some money on that food. Get up to 50% off a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter in our promo code LOCKED23. That's subject to change. Terms apply. Just don't forget that promo code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order. Download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. All right, Julian, as we continue our crossover Thursday, Lockdown Bears, Lockdown Panthers, let's get into some of the big key matchups in this game, some of the most important matchups. Again, it's kind of sort of like piecing together who's going to actually play for the Panthers on this back end. And so I imagine there's a few spots where you're concerned about backups in there. I don't know. Is there one that is the one that jumps out at you at the top of the list? Yeah, I mean, the back end is going to be interesting. We talk about storylines. Of course, you know, the Panthers are banged up. But the big storyline I really feel like going into this game is let's go back to March 10th. The trade the Carolina Panthers made with Chicago to move up to number one. And that allowed them to get Bryce Young. But what it cost them was DJ Moore, a true number one wide receiver who Bryce Young could really use right now as Adam Thielen has been pretty good. Now I've been impressed by Adam Thielen. I thought he would be a good player for them this year. I do question what he can provide for them next year when he's still on the roster, but Adam Thielen has been a good player at age 33. Um, But the rest of the group has not been great. Jonathan Mingo is a young rookie who is coming along, but he's just not there yet as he's learning and growing. So not having DJ Moore, has hurt the Panthers this year. And I'm interested to see if DJ Moore is going to have one of those breakout kind of performances that makes fans even more angry about the state of the wide receiver position here in Carolina. We look at the last two weeks when the Panthers faced off against CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryans and the Texans, you were looking on the other side of the ball in the sideline that, oh, that could have been you. You could have D'Amico Ryans as your head coach. You could have had CJ Stroud as your quarterback. And then Bryce went out there, played better than CJ. The Panthers got their first win of the season and that was dead for a week until... Well, on Sunday, Bryce has his worst game to date, and maybe of his life, because I watched Matt Bam, and I never saw Bryce Young have as bad of a performance as he had on Sunday afternoon in that loss against the Colts. But then C.J. Stroud's out there breaking records, which is just insane. The Panthers, you go back 12 years ago when they had Cam Newton. Cam Newton was the one who was setting the rookie passing record for a single-game single game yardage. So you remember the times where you had that guy who you really believed in and how the hype around the city and that quarterback was. And right now... You don't, you don't really have that case. So it's only going to be worse. Now, it's still possible for Bryce. But 
right now people are pretty down on the whole organization after watching that on Sunday with understanding that hey, Bryce is still young. He can still get out of this. But if DJ Moore goes out there and has a big game on Thursday night, like that's going to upset the fan base even more than they already are at one in seven. So I'm looking at Dante Jackson, who's had his ups and downs to see how he's able to perform, perform against his former teammate. DiCaprio Boodle, I've mentioned Troy Hill. Those are going to be some other guys either playing in a nickel or playing at the other cornerback spot. If Alex Cook, who has to step in there at safety again, we'll see. Hopefully it's Von Bell and Xavier Woods there. But absolutely, the back end. I want to see how they're able to hold up against DJ Moore. And if they're going to give up any big passing plays to a Tyson Bajan, uh player who you believe has some sort of upside. Uh, but it's still somebody who's turnover prone, as we've seen. And someone that the Panthers should be able to have success against potentially. So we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm definitely looking at DJ Moore and seeing if he's going to have a, a quote unquote revenge game against the Carolina Panthers on Thursday night. Yeah, it's been interesting since since Tyson Tyson Bajant has taken over. DJ Moore hasn't been as productive, and certainly there was a slow start for him. But like he and Fields spent, I mean, from the moment that there was the trade, they worked out together in the offseason, and then you know, yeah. in, in like mini camps and even the voluntary stuff, they got together and worked separately, and then training camp. Like DJ Moore and Justin Fields spent hours and hours and hours really trying to speed up that connection and that delivery, and they had some big games early on in the season, but. Tyson Bagent was the fourth string quarterback throughout the entire offseason. So he was never really thrown to DJ Moore at practice. He was behind PJ Walker, now of the Cleveland Browns, and then Nathan Peterman was ahead of him through that process as well. And so we haven't seen quite the same connection between those two yet. Like the last four games, DJ Moore has essentially got, you know, four or five catches for about 50-ish yards a game over that span, which is not bad, right? He's not, he's not non-existent. He's just not taking over and dominating as, as a number one wide receiver, in some part because Tyson Bajant has some limitations as a quarterback and still you know, learning how to do all that stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it, we're sort of waiting for those two to really have that breakout game working together. And maybe the revenge game situation against the Panthers is an opportunity to do so, especially against a banged up secondary where I got to say DiCaprio Boodle might be the funnest, most fun name to say on the podcast. I spent like three minutes yesterday laughing about it on the show. Like it's like the, the key and peel sketch, you know, where it's they're doing the college football all-star game names. Like, yeah, DiCaprio Boodle is just it's it's perfect. It, it really is a fun name. And he's been a good player for them, and that's the surprise because he was somebody – God, I'm trying to remember because there's been so many transactions because of all these injuries. I'm trying to remember when they brought him in. I think it was probably like week one or two. When he came in, the, the team website, they spelled his name as Booty. Like oh, there was no. no L. It was it was I E. Uh, so I was on the podcast saying, "Oh, the Caprio Booty, excuse me, is now a player on the Carolina Panthers." Then they went back there and fixed it because I had never heard of him. But he was actually pretty good for the Panthers uh, on Sunday. Met a couple of uh, pass breakups, and Frank Reich on Monday came out and said, "Yeah, he's he was good for us, both him and Alex Cook." And that's been a positive uh, kind of development for the Panthers as they have been banged up. They've seen some of the depth play out, and that's been certainly a major concern over the last couple of seasons. So yeah, it's been fun to say his name and maybe we'll be able to say his name more after the game uh, on Thursday. Yeah. I, I think the other matchup in there that I'm really excited about is, is you know, one of the few healthy guys that you're, you're fired up about is, is Derek Brown on that defensive line going up against the bears, right guard, Tevin Jenkins. I know they play Brown a little bit more on the left side of the defense, kind of over the right side of the offensive line. And like Tevin Jenkins has been the strongest of the bears offensive linemen this season. He was, Last week, he was the highest-graded offensive lineman by PFF of any player in the league in, in Week 9 and is really settling in nicely at that right guard spot. He's a butt kicker. He's physical. He moves well. Like He's playing some really high-level football right now on an offensive line that generally has struggled but is 
getting better, it seems, as they settle in a little bit more week to week. But he's definitely like the strongest spot on that line and going up against generally the strongest spot on that Panthers defense line. That They'd be wise to play Brown more on the other side and go up against the Bears left guard, Cody Whitehair, who's struggled quite a bit this season. But I want to see those two. To me, I said it's going to be like, you know, like those old King Kong movies or like King Kong versus Godzilla. Where those guys are just going to clash and it's, there's going to be that like sound waves that bounce off of it every time those two hit and you're going to hear it on the broadcast. Yeah, and Derek Brown's been an important player for them. I thought he was great on Sunday, even in that loss to the Panthers. For the first time all year, we're able to stop the run. They've given up 100-plus yards to every opponent uh, each week until last week. And the Colts came in as a team that was top 10 in rushing yards in the NFL with Zach Boss and Jonathan Taylor, who's an excellent running back. And I look at what the Bears have. I know Deontay Foreman, he's had some weeks where he's been inactive. I know he's been the main back the last couple of weeks. He's a guy who was here last year who really helped turn things around for the Panthers offense that still right now, even with Thomas Brown calling plays, does not have an identity. But their identity last year when Steve Wilkes took over as the interim head coach was to run the football. And Derek Brown's going to need to be somebody who can be pretty stout in the middle of that defense. Because I would imagine after the four turnover day, the Bears, Luke Getze as a play caller, probably doesn't want to have uh, Tyson Bajan with the ball in his hand too much. They probably don't want to have him leaning, leaning, on, leaning on him. Probably want to run the football a little bit, especially against a team that's been susceptible against the run all season long in Carolina. So yeah, Derek Brown, he's going to have to step up, I would think. And we're not even step up, just perform the way he's performed all season long because he's top five in the league among defensive tackles and tackles so far this season. So I expect that he'll be heavily involved. That will be an interesting matchup to see him in the interior against uh, Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, it, it is a little bit of a mystery for us. Who's going to get the lion's share of the carries? Like, I agree, game plan-wise, run the ball as much as you can. The Bears' offensive line has been really good run blocking for the entirety of the season. They've been a good running team, but take as much of that pressure off of Beijing as possible. But uh, their starter, Khalil Herbert, has been practicing this week in his 21-day injured reserve practice window, and he's listed as questionable on the injury report. The Bears, as we're recording this, just cut two players to create space to activate. They got three guys in that practice window. They can. They currently have two roster spaces now to activate at least two of them. And I they haven't said for sure that Khalil Herbert's going to be good to go, but presumably I think there's an expectation that he's going to be activated in play, but he yeah. hasn't played in four weeks, so they're not going to give him 25 carries as he's still trying to get his legs back under him. So how they how they shift that backfield balance in this game with Herbert and Foreman, when, when when Herbert was healthy at the start of the season, like you said, Foreman was a healthy scratch, and we were kind of looking around going like, he's pretty good. They should be playing him, and of course, they start playing him, and he's pretty good. So <laughs> it, it's going to be a rotation there for sure. It's just a matter of what, how much of that's Foreman, how much of that is Herbert, and they really like their rookie running back, Roshan Johnson, as well. But like that's that's going to be the really key aspect of this game. If, if the Bears have to put it on Tyson Bajan's shoulders again, you know, you're feeling a little bit less confident there as opposed to just being able to hand it off 30 times and let the running game really kind of carry the load. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's what the Panthers want to do is probably force Tyson Bage to beat them, which he showed last week against the Saints defense. That's better and has a really good secondary, mind you, as well, that it's possible to do it. And he's had his ups and downs so far. Uh, good story in itself, but that's a guy who's a backup quarterback who is from a D2 school, a UDFA rookie. Like That is somebody the Panthers need to be able to take advantage of and be able to win that matchup on Sun- on Thursday. Yeah, so used to say on Sunday, right? Yeah. yeah, but no, I think that's going to be a key part of the, the keys to victory for these two teams. And we'll kind of go through, okay, what do the Panthers need to do to win? And what do the Bears need to do to win? And we'll have to give some score predictions as well. As we continue our crossover Thursday podcast, Locked On Panthers, Locked On Bears, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Our Crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical, the makers of the Jace case. And what's great about Jace is they're making sure that you've got all of your needed medications stocked and supplied for you across the board, just in case of an emergency, right? Sometimes there are supply chain shortages that make it harder to get, especially, uh, you know, like some prescription medications and a lot of antibiotics can be a little bit tricky to keep in stock at all times. And so Jace is here to make sure that you've got what you need, whether it's a, a weather event or just, you know, global economic forces, you will be covered with Jace because their Jace case can provide antibiotics or a long list of daily medications in a full year supply. Make sure that you're ready to go. They even have ED generics for Cialis and Viagra as well. So you can go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive that 12-month supply of your daily medication. Just remember to use our promo code Locked On at checkout for that discount as well. So if you want that peace of mind, get that medication locked down for you. Go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. Remember that promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N Locked On for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical.com. All right, Julian, as we wrap up our crossover Thursday, Locked On Bears, Locked On Panthers podcast, we started getting into it a little bit there. The Bears are going to want to run the ball for the Bears to win this game. It's running the ball. It's controlling the clock a little bit. It's, it's taking some of the pressure off of Tyson Bagent. And I think also this defense being able to generate some turnovers on, on Bryce Young. We saw him throw a couple pick sixes last week against the, against yeah. the Colts. You know, it's certainly rookie quarterback, a pair of, pair of rookie quarterbacks who have made some rookie mistakes in terms of in terms of all security and, and making the right decisions and make it really make them the right throws. It's for, for Bajans, it's been less like decision-making and more just like placement on throws, you know, throwing it slightly behind a guy that you just don't have that kind of wiggle room in the NFL. And I imagine for the Panthers, it's kind of a similar plan as terms of helping Bryce Young. Yeah. I mean, what would help Bryce Young is if the offensive line could protect uh, each of the interceptions he threw on Sunday in that loss against the Colts were all because there's pressure in his face. Now Bryce on the, throw it to Chuba Hubbard in the flat. That was late. Can't throw that ball. You just got to either dirt it or take the sack. Uh, same thing with the screen. Frank Wright came out on Monday, said he's, he's just got to dirt the ball in that situation. But the pressure was right there in his face. And in the third one, that was pretty in- inconsequential. Couldn't step into the throw over the middle. Gets picked off. So what would help Bryce Young is be able to protect him, which has not really happened so far this season. It would be nice, too, if they could establish the run. They're able to run for 28 yards. Now, Bryce had 41 of those uh, on Sunday in that loss against the Colts. We saw Miles Sanders probably play um, his best game and look probably the most explosive we've seen him because he's dealt with a groin dating back to the preseason, had a shoulder injury that cost him one of the games right before the bye week. So I'm wondering if now he's starting to get a little bit healthy. Chuba Hubbard took over as the lead back. I'd expect that to be the case again on Thursday, but maybe we get to see Miles Sanders mixed in there a little bit. So he's going to need some help from his run game, knowing that DJ Chark is unlikely to be out there on Thursday. Same thing with Jonathan Mingo. He'll be out there, but what can you really expect out of him, the rookie who's still kind of coming along, Adam Thielen, He's been productive so far this season, but he's the really the only target that Bryce can rely on so far this season. And you're probably, with Levitska Chenault also out again, going to elevate a practice squad wide receiver. So they're going to really need to run the football or find a guy like Hayden Hurst, who finally had a big pass play, um, a receiving play rather, or I guess in the pass game either way, um, on Sunday, 48 yards. So maybe he gets more involved. Tommy Trimble is taking over as really the tight end one here in Carolina. It's finding a way to run the football. And then be creative with the passing game and seeing if you can get some guys who have not really been that big of contributors so far this season uh, to help out Bryce. Then you really turnover battle. Panthers killed themselves with turnovers. The two pick sixes, that was the difference in the game as they lost 27-13. Take those away. Did the Panthers win that game? I don't know. 
uh, but possibly I thought that was going to make it absolutely win on Sunday. And they've done that to themselves a couple times this season. The Falcons, they gave him 17 points off of turnovers. You look at the Vikings game that they controlled into the third quarter where Bryce gets sacked, fumbles, Minnesota returns after a touchdown. That ended up being the difference in the game. Knowing what Bajan just did, what he did against the Chargers as well, like he's probably going to give you two, not one, but two on Thursday. So can you convert that into points? Because the Panthers have really not done that so far this season. They have not played complimentary football, and they only have seven takeaways, and I'm really only counting six as the seventh was last week of month punt, which you got to catch that if you're the Colts uh, returner. So really, they've only had six takeaways, and they haven't really turned those into a ton of points. I don't think they've turned a single takeaway way into set to six points so the Panthers need to do a better job when they get the turnovers because it's going to happen actually turning that into six points or in plus the extra point in the game so that's really what they need to do find a way to be creating a passing game get the run game going and capitalize when they get the turnover because it's going to happen yeah I will say last week against the Saints when, when Tyson Bajan turned it over especially in that fourth quarter this Bears defense was remarkable at not giving up points on those turnovers. Like the Saints, the Saints points in that game were largely on drives that, you know, either sometimes they had good field position just based on the field position battle. But like both of those fourth quarter, all three of his turnovers in the fourth quarter, the two interceptions of the fumble did not lead to any Saints points on the other end. His first half interception, I think, led to a touchdown, but that was really it. Like for the most part, this Bears defense kind of came together and and held firm after those turnovers and kept that game a lot closer than it probably should have been given the 5-0 turnover ratio in that one. But at the same time, the Bears defense has also struggled throughout the course of the season, have not done that consistently. So it's a matter of will they be that defense or will they be the defense that struggled a little bit more early on? Like they have not been able to rush the passer consistently all year. It's why they traded for Montez Sweat. Sweat's still learning the defense, right? He still doesn't know what all the play calls are. So they, they keep him out there for all the passing downs for sure, but he's not playing like the full load of starts or full load of snaps just yet. So like there's a very real chance here that Bryce Young has some time to throw and that the Bears pass rush isn't able to disrupt him all that much. They've stopped the run really effectively all season long against pretty much every opponent. So I wouldn't expect the Panthers to get a lot going in that regard. But if Bryce Young has time to sit back there and throw, we know he's an accurate quarterback. He's a guy who makes good decisions. He can get rid of the ball quickly and make plays like he's got that ability in him if you let him sit back there and throw. So I'm curious to see how much Matt Eberflus tries to maybe blitz a little bit more. He's not a blitz heavy guy by any means, but we've seen him go to it in a couple of games when he's needed to against you know quarterbacks they see as vulnerable. He did that against Brian Hoyer in that way, like guys that they think they can maybe get after a little bit who you know aren't going to slice and dice in the way like Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes did earlier this season. So, I mean, I, I can certainly see a path here where, you know, it's a get right game for the Panthers because the Bears have been that for a lot of the season. But I think the Bears are looking at this game as like the only one on their schedule that looks like an on paper winnable football game that you're like, yep, this one for sure. They are the favored team. I know right now on, on FanDuel, it is a three point Bears spread here. And then the over under is set at 38 and a half points. So, we're expecting low scoring, maybe ugly football. Do you have a, a score that you want to attach in a prediction here? Well, I think this is going to be a quintessential Thursday night football game. Uh, two teams that the entire nation has no like reason to want to watch other than there's only one game on that night. Um, it's going to be gross. I think both teams are terrible. This is a game that if I didn't do this podcast, I wouldn't watch. I don't watch Thursday Night Football to begin with because it's just like it's on Amazon Prime. Like you guys are hiding it from me. And most of these games aren't very good. I think last year, this is a game that I just stumbled upon because I was at a bar on a Thursday. It was the Bears versus the Commanders. And my understanding, that was a complete garbage football game. That is what I expect this game to be on Thursday night. 
a terrible football team between two terrible teams that are only linked because of a trade that people here in Carolina are looking back at and wondering, man, did we make the right decision as far as the guy that that trade yielded? So I don't even think that there's no way they're getting the over. Ah, hell, I think they're. I don't even think they're going to go over like 17 points combined. I see something gross like nine to six or like nine seven. Like that's the kind of game I'm expecting. So. Bears fans, Panther fans, if you guys have lived through hell, so you guys, you know it. But anyone out there in America who's watching this, like, and going, like, you're taking your time out of your night, going to Amazon Prime, which most of us even have anyways, to go watch this football game, seek help from BetterHelp. But I don't know why you would do that. I will say, this is the Bears' second Thursday night game this season. So we've already Yikes. had this. And then, although the first one was a Bears victory over the Washington Commanders. They back-to-back seasons, they played the Commanders on Thursday night football early in the season. And that was the game Justin Fields put up 40 points. Now, this is not Justin Fields, and this is not the Commanders, so I'm not expecting another 40-20 to 20 type of Bears game. But I don't know. I think we'll get a little bit out of the cellar that you're talking down. 9-6 nine, nine to six is the perfectly ugly game that I, I'm dreading and hoping we don't see, so maybe I'm just wishful thinking. I still think definitely the under there, though. The, the number I come down to is like 20-16 to 16 Bears, where we get a lot of field goals and a lot of just drives that die before they quite – quite get in the red zone, but a couple of touchdowns here and there and some turnovers that go back and forth, but then neither team does much with those turnovers. And it's just like, you're again wondering like, why are we playing these Thursday night games? And how did these two teams end up having to play a primetime game? So that's, that's ultimately where I think (laughs) we're going to end up. And I think we're all just both hoping for what should be uh, hopefully a better football game than, than what we're anticipating. Cause it's encouraging you to tune in and watch. I am hoping for a game that is a tidy two hours and 45 minutes. That's what I'm looking for. Let's just get in and get out because it's going to be gross. And hopefully, you know, hey, if this ends up actually, you know what? I wouldn't even hate it because I'll be an anarchist here. If these two teams are going to be as bad as they are and if this game is going to be as gross as it potentially could be, let's get a tie. Let's Ooh. see a tie on a Thursday night. Let's give the people what they want, which is not that. But I, I, I hope it will be more of a 2016 game like you, you say, but – I have a hard time seeing it. I I don't know. Maybe that'll be the case. Uh, but I definitely could see Tyson Bajant throws the interception and then oh Panthers fumble, just trading off turnovers. That's the kind of game I'm expecting on the Thursday night. Let's see, that's how great things have been. This is what they've done to me. One in seven, going through another season of bad football and having to stay up until midnight to watch this. So yeah, it's unfortunate. But hopefully it'll be a fun game. In my best Bane impression, you've merely adopted the darkness. I was born and it raised by it. So welcome. Welcome to the cellar. We'll, we'll, we'll clear a spot for you here at the bottom of the NFL. Julian, it's been a pleasure and uh, appreciate you making some time for us here on the crossover. Best of luck in this game, but also Bears fans are rooting for you guys to lose the rest of the season. So that draft pick gets better and better. So you're not getting a lot of sympathy there, but, you know, hey, it's, it's all in good fun. Only if you use it for Drake May and don't compare it to Mitch Trubisky. If you do that, then then no, the Panthers should win out. But if, if the Panthers aren't good and you're going to use his first-round pick on Drake May and not call him Mitch Trubisky, then fine. I'll be fine with that. Not really. That would suck because the Panthers could really use Drake May maybe. But okay, fine. <laughs> that's Best the of off- luck to you, Bears. That's the offseason conversation I'm dreading is the Drake May-Mitch Trubisky thing. So let's let's not put it's gonna that happen. in. It's going to happen. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen.